0: everyone, and welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We have reached episode 737. That's right. It's episode 737, sponsored by Boeing. Not really.
1: Boeing. I'm Brett Maltavino. I'm Ralph Sneeder. I'm uh, <laughs> mm. Ryan Sapp. Brimley, but, oh, okay.
2: I'm uh, apparently Walrath.
0: And I'm Kent Burgess. You can support the site. Go to patreon.com slash Per. You can be like, Neil R.
2: Neil R.
0: Yep. You
2: Thanks, know what? You Neil.
3: Never mind the Beatles. Here's Neil Rutledge. No. Bollocks. Yeah. Damn it. Bollocks. <laughs> Screwed it all up.
2: <laughs>
1: Never, Never mind sure Neil. I know, I know where Never you're going. To I really
3: appreciate you. You in particular, because you know why? You give us money. You know what that means? Mm. Lip service from me to you, but not
0: that kind of lip service. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Too honest. It's already veered <laughs> way off. All right. Let's, let's move on to the most important segment of every week. Food with Josh. <sighs>
3: okay. So here's the problem. Okay. We got burgers downtown. Burgers downtown. Burgers downtown, right? Right. Burgers downtown are good things. It's good. It's good. It creates content. It's good. It's happy. Makes makes people happy. It makes me happy. And then there was my work. And they had free kedoba catering. What's a guy to do? Well, you know what? There's this little guy named Murray who lives in my heart. He says, you know what? Free tastes really damn good. That's what I got. So I got a Qdoba bowl. A steak under there. There's chicken under there. There, The chicken is actually quite tasty. Some guac. Some of their 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 uh, habanero queso on the chips and a lot of dandruff covered with lettuce, um, hot sauce, and uh, uh, what? Picadillo cheese. But Pikachu? Not Picadillo. No, 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 no. It's 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 that. It's that, uh, you know, really fine Mexican cheese. It's raw. It's not aged. I I can't remember the damn name, but it's great.
1: Is it the salty one? So Yeah. What? Is it the salty cheese?
0: It's not parm. No.
1: It's like queso
0: fresca or something fresca.
3: Cohia.
0: Cohia. cojia cheese.
3: Thank you. Gosh. You're welcome. There you go. <sighs> My brain, where is it? Well, I'll tell you where. It's in the Boston lager that I didn't want. I wanted Oktoberfest. <coughs> Instead, I got that. And I got a free bowl from Qdoba. So, this podcast is brought to you by Qdoba, where fresh is the taste.
0: In our first news story of the week, NVIDIA is showing off a new DLSS version. 3.5. Enhancing ray tracing with AI. I can't believe they're bringing AI to more things, considering they bet the farm on AI, and it really paid off. So yeah, it's silly to keep doing that. Why keep doing the thing that makes you so much money?
3: He looks pretty ray traced.
0: Ray, (laughs) ray reconstruction, AI enhanced ray tracing. And there's a video up in the valley. Uh, This this is a valley guy. This is definitely like that that. that. Excuse, Excuse like me, flight attendant, who, we're not going to judge this guy just because he looks like he lives in California. I'd like another Did he shot, do the uh, Have you know that the, Dr.
4: The Brian Catanzaro is a BYU graduate.
1: Oh. Oh. Are you sure it's not Bray again? Years
2: ago, we introduced DLSS, which revolutionized graphics with better speed and better image quality through artificial intelligence. Since then, the AI model behind DLSS just keeps learning with new capabilities such as frame generation, increasing rendering speed by up to 4x with excellent image quality. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) on you. Could it think its way
2: out of a test chamber? I think not.
4: First off, I'm quite certain that uh, Brian is a very brilliant... Uh, computer scientist, he is not the most charismatic or engaging speaker. Um, and it was very difficult to make it through his presentation alert and awake by the end of it. Um, you really have to watch several times to sort of grasp what he's talking about. He is talking about a lot of things and that even dumbed down are over most of our heads. Um, but in the, the, the long run, what it does is pretty cool. Uh, you know, you do get more, uh, path traces for a more realistic lighting effect. Um, there's actually in the video, some, some samples from cyberpunk. Uh, of course it's cyberpunk, so it's going to look good no matter what, just about, but, um, and they show so the only one that not only it right do now. not only do you get some really engaging lighting y- using uh, the 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 ray reconstruction, but because of the way it does it, you you're actually getting rid of what they call m- multiple denoisers that traditional ray tracing has to use, and it's just using one now. And you actually are gaining, in some circumstances, more performance and getting better ray tracing. It it, it is pretty cool what it does. But man, it's, it's very difficult to get a grasp on. Uh, And, and, like I say, as brilliant of a guy as I'm sure he is. He's probably not the best choice to try and explain it to people. Um, He's uh, very smart, not super charismatic, but You know, the thing was about it is, you know, NVIDIA came out last week and said, we're going to have a big announcement at GamesCon. And nobody cared. Everybody assumed, oh, they're either going to announce the 4090 Ti, which nobody cares about, or another mediocre, overpriced graphics card, a 4050, a 40 uh, something. Um, Then when this came out, nobody still cared. Uh, and there were a lot of people that were very confused by the fact that, wait a minute, this is 3.5, and it works on all RTX cards. Well, 3.0 doesn't even work on all TX cards. And, and, but mainly the only feature that 3.0 offered was the frame generation. And the frame generation only works on 40 cards, even in if you're using DLs. Three, DLSS 3.5, but yeah, it, it's it's an interesting technology. If you're a, a eye candy in game kind of player, um, I am. I enjoy turning on you know all the effects and getting games to look as as good as I can. Um, this is pretty cool technology, but it's not going to be for everybody, and uh, that's that's where the and Nvidia's reputation right now. And they, they need to come up with something better if they're going to get uh, public opinion back on their side.
1: Well, they, they did throw us a bone in that this goes back to the 2000 series, right? Like an RTX yes. X, 2000 will do yeah. this, uh, which is, you know, hey, not a horrible move. It's nice to not say, sorry, you got to buy our newest generation. Uh, well, what do you mean you can't afford it? <laughs> just Just pony the money over and then you can get it. So they're doing it back, which is nice. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's really a quick way to say it is that they've completely redone their denoisers so that, uh, you know, ray tracing does have a lot of weird stuff that it generates that you never see because it's immediately blocked out. But it they went overboard in a way, like mostly because they hadn't refined it enough. So you lost some reflections that should be there. You lost some pathways that should be there. So this is sort of figured out a way to not be quite, uh, not prune out quite so much of the the stuff without letting any of the noise through and, you know, somehow does it a little bit faster. Although I haven't seen benchmark comparisons yet to see, you know, how much faster it will be. You know, that's, I think
2: it's, it's not a lot,
1: but But, yeah, it's
2: it's not a
4: lot. um, But and we've seen it in basically one scene in cyberpunk.
3: Yeah.
4: Go ahead, Josh.
3: Okay. Um, so this is actually kind of an extension of what they're doing with the regular DLSS non mm-hmm. non-frame generation, because if you think about it, they're, 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 they're sampling things at a much lower resolution and they're sampling this at far fewer rays. So this really makes sense that it goes back to the 2000 series and all the way up to the the latest because they're applying a lot of that same stuff to the cast rays. It's like okay, we've sampled and we've done machine learning and we've we've done models on all of these you know programs of what it looks like when this happens in programming, and this is what it looks like if we've got like okay, let's just say. 10,000 rays. And you know what? We can kind of generalize this down to 2,500 rays and it looks damn near identical because we know what the end product is going to look like. And that's essentially what, in this case, machine learning kind of is. It it applies what it knows to, it, you know, it's, it's, it's speculation, but it's really good speculation. And when you're dealing with math like this, It just works out. It's not like you speculating that your kid's going to go to high school and he's going to ace geometry when he doesn't even know what a triangle is. This is this is math (laughs) known. So, you know, it it, uh, yeah, this is really actually kind of cool. It's it's being smarter about how much actual number crunching you're doing. And, you know, if you look at the history of rasterization, They've had so many interesting shortcuts on making things look better without taking up a huge amount of performance, like back in the day, normal mapping. And I mean, I can think of, you know, a dozen different things with with rasterization. And these are all tricks that they did to make output look better without causing a massive decrease in performance. And this is what DLSS 3.5 does with the ray tracing. Uh, it's... It's it's when you when you're working with equations in a box that is bounded, you have a good idea of where things end up, and that's kind of where we're looking at with the solution. Um, it may break down in certain areas, but I don't think you're going to really notice. Because like ninety eight percent of the stuff is going to fall within those bounds, and that's where it's going to get it back. So it's uh, they're not going to use it for movies. They may do it for pre visualization, but for guys like me who's running Diablo at one hundred and twenty hertz,
2: it's good enough. There are lots of tricks that you. By the can way, do, Diablo like doesn't
1: doesn't doesn't use ray tracing. Just and you're on an arc, so.
2: I was, I was going to no, say there are I'm lots not. Of <laughs> there's, there's a ton of mathematical tricks that you can apply when, uh, working through equations in a box, as you were saying, Josh, like working backwards from the user's perspective, rather than from the emittance side. Um, you have a kind of a known solution space. You can do various uh, texture warping instead of recomputing all the pixels. So that's what you can do in ray tracing and, and planar space or, or non-ray tracing space, everyone look at it. So there are even tricks you can do with motion in order to do pixel computations that aren't doing ray tracing but are still moving pixels around by by guessing or warping the image rather than recomputing every pixel on the screen at every at, at every frame. And that's There's so many tricks that can be uh, utilized outside of the ray tracing space or custom hardware. It's Software's where it's at, man.
0: Look at what uh, AMD did with RDNA 3 because they were talking about the architecture with the media. And if you look at their slides, this is very complicated. I don't fully understand it, but triangle subtree culling, triangle-slash-procedural-geometry-skipping to reduce the number of traversal iterations required. But from the presentation, the way they were explaining it to us, it sounded like they're basically...
2: occlusion, occluded objects.
0: Yeah, not not worrying about the stuff that you can't see and reducing the actual workload. So to the naked eye, it still looks the same, but doing less work on the GPU, therefore improving performance. That's why they were getting up to 1.8x performance uplift due to everything combined. Some of that was the frequency of the new architecture, but... They didn't
2: This is a this is an exact example of what I just mentioned about working backwards from the exer- observer's perspective rather than from the emittance side, because if you, you figure it out from where the person's looking or what they are perceiving on screen, and then you can figure out what's actually visible rather than from the emittance side and painting every object or every light source in the scene, you can just cut out the stuff that can't be seen. Figuring that out is heinously complicated, but the rewards are worth it with speed. You're kind of describing sea culling.
4: Mm -hmm. Can I just say that NVIDIA should have just brought Josh on stage, given him a couple of Boston loggers and let him do the presentation because he was much more enthusiastic and actually clear about what this (laughs) software does.
0: (laughs) Very uh, clearly illustrating how big of a loss Tom Peterson was for NVIDIA because I don't think there's a better Uh, technical marketing person in the business. He has
3: a tremendous personality and he is yeah. incredibly smart. And he's got yeah. patents, unlike me. I don't have any patents. So To me it isn't just It's that not he's... fair that I live in the same world as Tap because you know, he's just he's just so much more up
1: there <laughs> That than Could have been you, but
0: So the games, uh DLSS three point five games that are coming uh this fall, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, Portal RTX, Alan Wake Two, and then uh which I had not heard, stuff. but
1: that's interesting. Non-games Doesn't like Omniverse.
0: So. There's gonna be some confusion, obviously, as you guys alluded to, with this being open to all RTX cards, going back to the original 20 series. So eh, eh, here we go. Jeez. Let's move to the biggest story of the week, at least in financial circles. Or in you know, in our industry, really. NVIDIA makes Nvidia,
1: it rain. Yeah.
0: NVIDIA the trillion dollar company once again, and not by a small amount either they're like 1.16 trillion dollar market cap now yeah they had a huge quarter yeah, so Josh anyway they had a
3: tremendous quarter they they had quarter on quarter improvement of 88% in revenue so they jumped from like 7.1 to 13.51 billion dollars in a quarter and it was primarily all driven by ai so they're making the h100 parts for about three thousand dollars base cost and the h100 is a complex part it's multiple dies hbm memory. it's a large die interposer all that it's 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 expensive to produce it's three thousand dollar base cost without any of the accoutrements and they're selling that for $30,000 a piece. And they're sold out through 2023 and into 2024. And that's not just all of it. Uh, their gaming has also improved quarter on quarter by something like 21%. So they're selling a lot of stuff. I mean, year on year, 101% increase. That's like the absolute top of crypto and as compared to crypto, the AI that, AI that they are showing is actually useful in the real world. I mean, I've, I've talked about this before in, in how the company I work for outside of this uses machine learning to identify you know, animals, wind turbines, movement, hitting wind turbines, stuff like that. Uh, going over ashore in Alaska and identifying turn nests. Um, stuff like that. I mean, real world applications, not just Bitcoin and crypto and all of that stuff, um, which never really found a foothold. I mean, you could argue some, but the actual amount of data that can be processed and processed far more accurately in things like bioengineering, um, virology infections, all of this stuff can be done with AI far better Mm -hmm. than what we have done in the past with just humans going over data in charts and graphs and whatnot and uh, nvidia has done very well because damn near 15 years ago they they started talking to universities and saying you know what we'll provide you with hardware and the software you teach your people cuda because gp gpu is a thing and we think it has a future and amd didn't go there intel certainly didn't go there because x86 was their bread and butter and They were not going to do that if they're going to add any things it would be you know sse and eventually avx but we're not interested in this GP gpu thing at all and now everybody in the industry is trying to catch up to nvidia because all those people who graduated in 2012 2013 2014 who understand cuda and that's what they were taught they went to the workplace and they use the tools that they understand. And they use the products that are well-supported in software with those tools. And they have provided the foundation of what we're seeing now in terms of this AI explosion. And,
1: and it really doesn't hurt that it's good hardware to be running it off of either.
3: Yeah, they they have <laughs> awfully good engineers. I mean, we look at what you know. AMD has it's good stuff well, in the 6, What 000, Intel's trying 000. to get
1: out?
3: Intel's got good stuff too, but They're but working. They just don't have that same level of competency. No. and you know, a lot of people. Have, you know, I I think I was talking to a guy from San Francisco, Market Watch, dude, and he said, you know, the AI stuff, everybody thinks it's it's going to help everybody out, but. It's not true because nobody has a foundation. I mean, you've heard the, the the saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. But if you've got a boat with leaks or not even a fully completed boat, it's not going to help you out. And I'll tell you, NVIDIA is sitting there and at 13 plus billion dollars, that that was Intel just only a few quarters ago, <clears throat> and Intel is and, and Nvidia's is, is reaching that their net. And this hurts me. It's six point one billion. That's just money going into their coffers. They don't have to pay anybody anything out of that. It's just, it's just, it's just their, it's their profit coming in this quarter, six point one billion, which is. Probably about 900 million less than what AMD is going to make this next quarter. It's just insane. And NVIDIA is, I mean, they, they have played the long game from 2002, 2003, when they first introduced their programmable shaders, And they thought, you know what, there's more to this than just games. And we need to start developing this, and we need to start supporting it, and we need to give the tools to get people to start using this because it's a tremendous amount of uh, originally, you know, integer power and then floating point power. And sure, GeForce FX sucked, but that was just the first step. And the 6800 series came out, and it was great. And then they really hammered it about 2008, 2009 with the uh, the GTX 200 series, the the 280 was one of their first, uh, video cards that supported things like folding at home with a GPU accelerated, uh, client. And I had one of those and I did testing and, uh, I, I started off with the folding frogs and I remember seeing on the, uh, the forums, who in the hell is this new guy and how is he getting all of this? And it's like, well, that's me, Josh Walrath, but I can't tell you what I'm working on. But it's something really interesting. And it was just <laughs> blowing CPUs away because it was. Oh, god, yeah. It was a GeForce GTX, you know, GeForce 280 GTX, I think is the official mm-hmm. word name for it. So, yeah, it's. Um, Dave they're, Pender they're and they're I were team. asked
1: to ban you. What's that? Dave Pender and I were asked to ban you. So <laughs> we have to ban them from the forums, we have to kick them off and well the best part was that several years before you pulled that off uh dave got a hold of a sun spark for about an hour and just chewed through like several million work units and so that's what we pointed out it was like yeah we can't tell you and i knew it at the time and it's like we can't tell you what it is but it's valid it's it's all valid and you're going to be kind of excited when we tell you about it
3: yeah so yeah, it's it uh um, kind of that that's fine a that's a nice little trip down memory lane there it is um no it's it's uh they're a juggernaut they really are and uh nobody's slowing them down anytime soon and yeah that that gtx 280 was a great card i really enjoyed working with that it was one of my first of the really high-end cards that i got to work with when i first uh was brought on and, and uh, ryan did a lot of the uh, actual graphics work on it and he didn't have time to do a lot of the gp gpu and so he got nvidia to send me one of the boards and uh, i i just hammered that out um, worked on that tried to get as much going on and that was you know some of the first things like the microsoft stitching software with pictures to make panoramas that they had an initial version that worked with that, that was uh, GP GPU, and so, yeah, they've they've really only built with that. They've kept with it. Others have let software people go, like Intel did this past week. Um, but Nvidia has has really, really. I mean, they've they have had the long, the long vision on this, and uh, mm-hmm. they are making some bucks because
1: of it up 854 percent from a year ago by a lot of leather jackets. well that's not like that's that. gap but yeah still it's yeah that's just if you're hoping a 4000 series card price is going to come down because nvidia can't you know afford to keep charging that well i i sorry i got we got some bad news for you yeah it's i mean their, their gaming
3: is still growing 21 yeah. yeah so price is yeah, are not going to go down anytime. I mean, they've yeah. they've gone down a little bit, but not, not to make you you know, crawl over yourself to try to buy one. Yeah, or make them tighten up
1: their prices. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Remember thing. When you we know, thought ever, that
1: was uh, obnoxious.
4: You know, the the entire uh, tech community has branded the forty sixty and forty sixty ti's as. You know, huge failures, wastes of money, um, but they're selling a lot of them uh, uh, because most people aren't building their own PCs. They go through system integrators, and system integrators are buying forty-sixties and forty-sixty TIs, and people are buying them.
3: So there you go. You
0: survived the financials. I did. It? I was uh, down like this for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard, but <laughs> I'm it's you know my play. Living her, could stretch out the other way.
2: Yep. But. Okay. What uh, what the general audience doesn't know is that Sebastian actually moved, broadcasting to his couch in anticipation of this segment, and needing yeah. to yeah. relax. As soon as I
0: found out that Nvidia had released financials today, I'm like, well, screw this. I'm I'm sleeping for 20 minutes. Uh, related? Mm-hmm. note, Well, because we're talking about Nvidia. Remember yeah. when they said that Game Pass? would be coming to geforce now it's official it's happening august 24th so as as you're listening to this well if you're watching the live stream it's tomorrow but you're it's probably already happened so you're pete i don't think it's all titles though is it
2: it it's not no everything plays off no uh, geforce now anyway so i don't think it's all of them but i do know that they've committed to doing something like 10 years of availability which isn't bad
0: it sounds and good. It sounds good on paper and it, it lets you it pass regulators.
1: <clears throat> the the whole G Force now they streaming playability through Ubisoft or something? Uh, who knows? Like uh, they, they added some bizarre <clears throat> Ubisoft thing to try and make this whole Activision merger look more appropriate. Part
2: of this is definitely a play towards making this merger seem more palatable. I mean like, all oh, of it. Look how well. All of it. Okay, all of it. Yeah, to, We play well with others. Just look at this. Look how good we're doing here. We pledge to support this for 10 years, which is an eternity in the tech world and all in that. In what way are they going to
0: support it for 10 years? Like, eh, the No Man's Sky will work exist. for 10 years. I promise. Eh, I
2: guess The GeForce Now is just another example of you will own nothing and like it. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, no. You will own nothing. You will pay for it. And you oh, will like it. And I, You'll keep a, paying for On a subscription it. basis. Yes, you'll keep paying for it.
2: Under modest but restrictive terms. And
1: yes. you'll like it. <laughs> and pray we don't alter the terms <laughs> further.
2: We do not alter the deal.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that was exciting.
0: Let's move on to another story. This one is, you know, the Ryzen 9 X3D part for mobile, the 7945 HX 3D. Not to be confused with the 7945 HX non 3d which was in the scar 17 but the scar 17 2023 edition is uh the one with the x3d and all these uh, outlets have had this thing in for testing i was scrolling through earlier uh, trying to find anybody who was actually testing against other cpus other than just the non x3d version or a different ryzen 9 i I looked at some of the reviews they didn't make any sense because they weren't really testing against anything else the general consensus is, apparently, that it's the fastest mobile CPU for gaming, period. It doesn't hurt that the system that they sent out has a 4090 at 175 watts. So the Scar 17, and there's something interesting about that. It is not especially chunky as a laptop, but they're using liquid metal on the CPU and GPU mm. to control temperatures. And it's
1: got ground effect lights.
0: It does. It has a, a lighting ring around it which is always important. Check this picture out. This is over at Tom's hardware. This came via someone. Image credit, ordinary uncle Tony. I saw uh, Kyle Bennett tweet about this earlier today. I think it was talking about nail polish. I didn't need it anymore. Look at this thing.
2: It's uh, that's mass sealed nicely, completely sealed.
1: And considering what happens to laptops, that's, that's a good thing.
2: Well, considering what happens to liquid metal in a laptop, fair. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: So, this uh, Chinese YouTuber disassembled his ROG Strix Scar to quite a daring degree, says Tom's Hardware. And uh, I
1: mean, the, the thermal paste on the VRMs is pretty impressive too. There.
0: Hmm. So it's it's very. It's engineered for uh, thermal management to the extreme. Holy crap!
3: They just varnish that damn thing. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. sure did.
0: As, hey, if you want better thermals with Ryzen or Intel, you in, should gen, be able
2: to see his face.
0: You got a D lid.
2: You know, you don't <laughs> often hear about the the downside of varnish buildup on your CPU mask.
0: What could possibly go wrong?
2: Mm, nothing. The That's
4: members sick. of PC Perspective do not officially endorse delitting.
0: No, yes they do. Kent,
2: oh, definitely. Yes, <laughs> you had a whole like
0: a whole tutorial on how to do it and all the different,
2: uh, you know. Personally, buy this deleter not this one. I love the sound of cracking an IHS off of a CPU or die. It's
0: the sound just, of six hundred and fifty dollars like just going away.
2: It's, that snapping sound <laughs> is so ugh, just really gets you right mm. right here
0: okay let's let's move on to some of the excitement at gamescom has been centered around display technology because you know there's not a whole lot of excitement right now with gpus and we don't have any new cpus yet on the desktop side so let's get excited about dual uhd duhd d-u-h-d
1: oh i hope they go with that
0: is here and uh, actually one of the press releases i think called it DUHD. I just stared at it like duh. Oh, here we go. Right here. Dud. Oh, perfect. D-Hud. Great.
1: Oh. I want a dud monitor.
0: So Samsung has unveiled the world's first dual UHD gaming monitor. It is the Odyssey Neo G9 57 inch. It's dual uh, UHD. S- it's, uh, it's it's seems like, like a, it might be enough. It's like having two 4K monitors side by side, but it's seamless. I can't imagine there'll be any yield issues at all with a 57-inch no. monitor of this resolution.
3: Well, they they just cut an 88-inch OLED in half.
0: Oh, I so see. That, <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Then Those the, bend bend 8K TVs and... exist.
2: Oh, okay. All right. All right. It's half an 8K. Enough.
0: I didn't think about it that way. 240 hertz refresh rate. I'm assuming this is a they, VA panel of some kind. Josh,
2: you're yeah. not... Um, they're not laying down those 8K in curves, though.
0: They're not really mentioning you just bend the, s- it. the specifics of Bend it of while you're
2: cutting it. I'm sorry, the no, resolution.
0: you
2: do not <laughs> well, They it just up give a little, little bit, of, so it's, it's more Saw One of those
1: rotary tools, and they just. <laughs> yeah. OLEDs are flexible. <sighs> OLED panels uh-huh. are flexible. Hey, this, this is not OLED, though.
0: And oh, you warm up the plastic
1: uh, packing so that it's v VA and you can bend it. Corsair did,
2: did come out with the, the flexible flyer, didn't they? Yeah, It's true.
4: LG's got one, too.
0: Oh, yeah. What I'm interested in is the stuff Asus had. And video cards did a nice job of kind of doing a roundup of everybody's coverage of this. The Gamescom uh, ROG monitor lineup, ROG Swift. It's all mm-hmm. OLED. This is the era. We're entering the era of mm-hmm. OLED for high-end gaming displays now.
3: And we're not just talking about really about 2014, where they they finally started making flat panels interesting again. I mean, you
1: had that area in
3: 2003 to 2005 where, you know, LCD displays were were finally becoming more mainstream. But, you know, you get a 23 inch for a thousand bucks, 1200 bucks. And then Mm -hmm. it just sat there. For years and years and years,
2: we and put then, up with yeah. lighting irregularities. It just oh, bad, yeah. bad backlighting, it's terrible dead pixels. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now,
3: now we're we're yeah. we're still in the golden age of of monitors yeah. with OLED and good VA panels and fast IPS and and, and mini LED. Sync and, and, kind of kicked yeah. it off, didn't it, Josh?
1: Oh well, you.
3: Well, uh, it wasn't NVIDIA 3D. Yeah, and above 60 hertz was the first yeah. thing that really, really got it. But they had to have controllers that could handle that, and video yeah. cards mm-hmm. that could... Yeah. Yeah. But no. But do, you
2: has, do you think OLED has proven it's going to have a long life, long enough lifespan? I mean, there was some talk initially of color degradation and lifespan of OLED. Brett,
0: you're just spewing the anti-OLED rhetoric of a non-OLED yeah. owner.
1: You know what I am. And besides, yeah. it's quantum dot OLED now. It's totally okay. different.
0: Not really, but no, well, maybe not. Maybe quantum quantum it's doing, yeah, it's what anything you can do to reduce the intensity is going to increase the lifespan. So it's running just, it it's, at it's, lower brightness levels.
2: Because OLED is so worse. Subpixel aliasing by another name. is better than plasma.
0: Sub, sub- spider spider better than plasma. <laughs> but they're both, they're similar technologies in that OLED is an emissive display each pixel is the light source. Yes. Kind of in Versus the same way each that backlit. It's not yeah, LED backlighting behind an LCD panel and then Samsung for a long time was calling their QLED which was simply quantum dot layer sandwiched between the LCD panel yeah. and the LED backlighting system. And then Sony did really sophisticated things with, you know, very precise uh local dimming behind the screen and then of course we have micro led which is primarily or best used anyway for uh very precise local dimming backlighting technology not really as useful for a high performance display yet
1: but anyway i'm just sad that george takai's yellow pixel never took off
0: yeah so the rog swift lineup It's all OLED, 32-inch, 34-inch, and 49-inch. This uh, Swift OLED PG32 UCDM is not curved. I think that's the one that's the ultra-high... Yeah, it's a 240 hertz refresh. Kind of don't want to know pricing on these. I don't see pricing on all of them. One of them here, the... Probably starting at about a grand. That's not too bad. Okay, a 49-inch... Oh, there
1: you go, 15. Curved... What's the, this was the, uh, 0.03 millisecond of gray
0: PG 49 WCD. It's a curved QD oh. OLED and 144 that's, Hertz. Uh, wow. Vat. 1499. Oh, it says a dollar sign though. It says
2: Why dollar sign. Yeah. About VAT. VAT. excluding
1: VAT though.
0: We don't have to worry about VAT.
3: Yeah, but we don't have VAT.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, that vat for, 34 yeah, okay. looks
4: extremely interesting to me. Hmm.
3: Indeed. I've had my Alienware 34-inch Ultra Ultra Wide for five years now.
0: It's getting a little long in the tooth. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I'll keep it. All right, let's move on to my favorite story of the week. Over at Tom's Hardware, there's a story about the Ryzen 9 7945 HX3D, which we just talked about. But in a mini PC. The fastest notebook CPU for gaming in a tiny little mini ITX looking case. But look at this. Look at the, if you're watching the video, and I'm sorry if you can't see this. There is what looks like a 4080 or 4090 Founders Edition card. What, what
2: on in the humpback well is going on here? Because <laughs> the case is obviously
0: too small for this board and a three to four slot GPU. So what do you Good do? Understatement. You simply put okay. a slot in the top so that you can slot in your graphics card, which just sits on top of the case
1: out in the no, open. No, it's securely bolted in. So well, yeah, it it's got a, like, a little adapter that to bolt into and it. just wander around with it. I think it it's just being held in by tension. Too many things.
3: So essentially, cat owners but should not apply. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> they're conveniently omitting they're, the elephant in the room, which will the be the The cable hour. coming off the top. The snake Push of, you. like... Or, sorry, the, uh, what would it be, the Hydra? The Hydra coming off the top. Yeah, using the adapter. yeah. So, uh, this is from Mini's Forum. It calls its forthcoming system Project DR FXI to emphasize its dragon range nature. I guess that's DR's dragon range. What's FXI?
1: I can only come up with rude acronyms So, I won't. so can I um, can't, I can't imagine what, how you'd abbreviate Swinging in the breeze, but yeah. sure
0: Project uh, XFI it's or FXI, it's, uh, you know, f*** it Just put it on the outside
2: <laughs> Pretty much, well, external Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, YouTube Chats does freaking external
0: Yeah, freaking external yeah, Freaking That's external
2: great. interface
0: <laughs> Project uh, <laughs> f- Epic yeah. Project WTF. I love the idea of putting that mobile Ryzen nine in.
1: I love how there's just a little tiny slot sticking out of the top. <laughs>
0: it's great. It's, oh, is that a <laughs> oh? You brought back an optical drive? No, I'm sorry, that's for your uh, PCI Express card. Is that wood?
1: It looks like wood.
0: It looks like wood. I think it's just a it's render. Used for
1: its thermal characteristics.
0: Oh, uh, look at that! Uh, it looks.
1: It's sandalwood.
2: It, it, this it looks this beautiful. Look Freaking like sandalwood, man
0: how small it's it looks like a
2: render i'm going with sebastian kind of looks like a render there's a
0: A ps5 controller right here which is uh probably half the size of the unit
2: it's very outsized <laughs> uh also there's no components in that box uh just, yeah. oh, there's
0: just a little um compute unit back here
2: all right there's a lot of
0: breeze through don't worry about the power supply we not we don't need to talk about the power supply it's probably external it's just a laptop in a box with no monitor.
1: Oh, God. They've got an external uh, PCI Express power connector that plugs into mains. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've, this, this has been done before.
0: True. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's a unique design that may never make it to market, sadly. But I, I sincerely hope that it does.
2: Why? Why bother making yeah. such a uh, visually appealing box and then stick a graphics card on top of it? I
0: wouldn't just, okay uh, if you have a forty ninety? No wouldn't stop. you want to show it off? Why? Uh, let me go to our <laughs> correspondent, Kent. Um, Kent, do you believe in showing off graphics cards as art, like wall art?
1: Oh, does he no. ever? No, I don't.
0: Yeah, exactly. Kent's a wall. So of you can GPUs have a working
1: system it. sitting on that shelf. With the 490 plugged into it. You know, my some gaming of those needs are air coolers only.
3: Nothing to Kent and his sense of aesthetics.
0: In fairness,
2: some Humanity. of them are just
0: shells because he put them underwater. Fair. Yes,
2: exactly that. Let's pause for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. You ever wonder where those systems that seem to know way too much about you get their information? Data brokers are pulling that intel and knowledge about you from public sources and all kinds of social media systems that you interact with. Then they're aggregating it and selling it out to other agencies. You and your information are now the product. This includes your relationships, relatives, or other connections, your job history, birthdays, past and current physical mailing addresses, or even phone numbers. It's all out there. It's a difficult task to gain some control over this personal info. The Delete Me service is set up to help you with just that, on the lighter side of the web anyway. Delete.me had given me their system a run through to see how it worked. After gathering my personal information to seed their inquiries, Delete.me contacted over 40 separate data brokers to locate my records and then make removal requests on my behalf. In order to operate, those data brokers need to provide that mechanism, but they don't always make it easy to do. Delete.me works on your behalf, saving hours of finding the forms and properly composing the requests to get you removed from those data broker systems, obviously freeing up time and energy to do way better things. I had a few questions after my first report was generated and contacted Delete.me. I appreciated the fast responses to my requests for further investigation on removing my personal data with several brokers they were researching decide that data privacy is also important to you and take steps to clearing out your personal data using delete me now get 20% off your delete me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/pcp and use promo code PCP20 the way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com/pcp and use promo code PCP20 at checkout that's joindeleteme.com/pcp promo code PCP20
0: and our next story—a blast from the past—as we're looking at an image from one of those uh, Mac versus PC commercials with Justin Long I mean, and that other guy whose name I forgot. Even I've,
2: the other guy, mm-hmm.
0: I, even he even wrote a book that was pretty decent. He wrote yeah, a sequel to a it too.
4: Which a, he's comedian, a. Too. I
0: cannot remember his name, but he's yeah. a tremendously funny guy. Yeah, it's tremendously funny. Nobody that you know has no name recognition whatsoever. On, uh, John Hodgman, I think is his name. Yes. John, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's Thank it. Thank you. Anyway, the status of Windows 11 22H2
2: O O B E overly obnoxious exploded experience. That's pretty I good. I don't think that's. I don't think that's what they meant. But you don't think Jeremy so? did? Oh, it is. Jeremy. Now.
1: <laughs> Jeremy thought that's what they meant. It's
0: unclean. My system is <laughs> unclean. Well, my yeah. system is unclean the moment I saw Windows 11. So
1: <laughs> well, that's the problem. It. Remember back in the day, you'd get that laptop or the desktop from. Gateway or Dell or wherever it was that you bought it from. And it's like, wow, there's so much crap in here. I'm just going to do the system restore and do the clean reset so that I'm just back to what it is. It's just basically working. Going to load all the drivers and everything, but it's fine. Yeah, uh, that is no longer the case. And I've been screaming and yelling about this uh, because of the Intune migration, where the out of box experience is a very big problem. Or, I mean, uh, benefit. And so, even, and the, the best thing about this is that everything I'm about to say is true for both home versions and enterprise versions. And that's what really, you know, grinds my gears is, is that this is what the enterprise user experiences. So, immediately, unless you disable all your network connections, or uh, are able to run uh, some PowerShell scripts to tell it to go, uh, you know, uh, intercourse itself, you have to have a Microsoft account sign-in. That that's just there. Like if you rip out all the network cables and you make sure your Wi-Fi doesn't work, it will, after several nag screens, allow you to continue to the data collection and telemetry screen where you can then choose whether you get targeted ads or non-targeted ads. Uh, Then it wants you customize your experience so that you can, you know, personalize every single thing about it, like as if it was a cell phone, which you can sort of skip, except as soon as you do that, it asks you to pair with your phone. Uh, There's then several trial offers. uh, And if you skip those trial offers, don't worry, after about five days, Windows will remind you that, hey, you skipped some of the amazing stuff during our out of box experience, and why don't you try it again? And this time, you know, you might want to say yes to Microsoft 359 and OneDrive and X- Game Pass. And then, you know, you've made it through this, and you hit your start menu, and why is Disney Plus there? Do I, do I really need Netflix? Oh, look. It's offering, it's it's suggesting that maybe I'd be better off if I signed into my Facebook account. And again, to remind you, this is the same experience on an enterprise box behind a corporate firewall. It just does it. Um, You get the personal version of OneDrive and Teams, whether you like it or not, or whether that will interfere with, you know, the fact that those are not compatible with the business or school side of uh, OneDrive or Teams. And it, it goes on. Ours really did just sit down and write down every single step that you go through on what used to be a, hey, there's too much crap on my system, I just want to clean install. Yeah, well, the clean install is now unclean, very unclean. But don't worry, Windows 12 will fix it all.
0: Literally. Microsoft. Another exciting Microsoft story. Secure time seeding is quite the feature, writes Jeremy Hellstrom. Why? Uh, uh,
1: well, I mean, the best part about it is nobody bloody well knows about it. But it has been what has been driving people nuts intermittently, apparently. It's supposedly uh, a backup for the real-time clock on your computer, right? So if, for whatever reason, uh, your CMOS battery goes and your machine no longer knows what time it is or what date it is. Well, this can be a huge problem, because all of a sudden, your digital certs are failing, uh, scheduled jobs are going at the wrong time, or just not going. Uh, If you're trying to maintain any sort of uh, auditing trail, you know, it's really going to mess stuff up. Well, apparently, if this happens, as opposed to the machine just sort of failing, and obviously being a problem, it. The secure time seeding feature checks what your local system time is against a value found in an SSL certificate that nobody knows they should actually fill out. And so they just throw random fricking numbers in there if it's made mandatory, which it often isn't so, you know, you'd make sense. Okay. my server is lost the time it's going to go out and chat with people and say, Hey, where, where, what is my time? And that, that does lead to some security issues. And it could go out to the time server, but the time server is going, yeah, I don't want to talk to you because there's something seriously wrong with you. So it goes to an SSL cert, which in theory, if you knew about this feature, you would put, you know, a a link to a a value to be able to go out to, you know, one of the internet time providers. But because no one has any clue what it is, they just throw in a random value, which then becomes your system time. And then the machine just sort of carries on as if everything is happy. Now, of course, eventually it will talk to a time provider and catch itself up. Hence the wonderful intermittent problem where all of a sudden everything goes to hell and then it sort of fixes itself. So it's, it's just this horrible miscommunication about there's this one field in an SSL cert that is actually really important, but nobody, Told you it was. And to be honest, and having dealt with SSL certs, I don't even know where that field is in one. Thankfully, I don't have to renew anything for a while, so I don't have to go looking, but when I do, I, I think I'm actually going to because this is insane. Why why would you bury the time clock in an SSL cert? Unless you were verifying that the time was correct on the machine to make sure they weren't trying to get around something. A new like an old vulnerability that they just figured out. So yeah, this is nuts. And it's been going for since 2016. And literally, I don't know. Josh, have you ever run into this? Did you know this was a thing? No. Yeah. I, I have no clue that this is a thing.
2: Why would they ever take and authoritative if- data from something that they could clearly see was basically randomized <coughs> numbers from some <laughs> of the providers? It's like, oh, this is what be what time it is on Mars, 50 years into the future. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: well, does anybody know, really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? <sighs> it's existential. Yeah. All right. No, this is just frustrating. And yeah, yeah.
0: Speaking like, of frustrating, I feel like silly. this is already security corner. That wasn't in the show notes of security corner, but it was it it still sort of, security corner but continues. Was it? it was security corner adjacent. TP-Link, yes. is this pronounced Tapo? Tapo, L five thirty e, the not very smart
1: bulb. So yeah, uh, we have complained about smart bulbs quite a lot in the past because they always seem to be a really bad idea. And well, this one, which apparently has sold in the millions, it's uh, I think they mentioned about the third most popular on Amazon, uh, is. The easiest way to uh, get your Wi-Fi SID and password going. Uh, There are four major failures in this thing that uh, researchers have figured out, and sort of uh, from least to most. They put a hard-coded short checksum, uh, which is shared in the app, so you can quite easily reverse engineer that because it being hard-coded is not going to change much. And you'd say, well, it's going to take you a while, except the cryptographics that they used for this hardcore short checksum are predictable enough that you can sort of, if you have a chance to monitor this bulb over time, be able to predict what the next keys will be. Which you would say, well, I mean, obviously it's not going to keep sessions open for long enough for you to be able to do that. Well, no, session keys are valid for 24 hours and you can replay the messages that were sent or received to it in that time period, uh, it's it's quite happy to tell you because it assumes that, well, those keys have already uh, been used, so they're not valid, except they still are. And the best part about it is that you can impersonate the bulb during a session key exchange with the app. Now, of course, you've got to turn the bulb back into setup to be able to do it. Well, yeah, no, there's a very quick DDoS thing where you can set that bulb back into the setup mode, so it then has to reauthenticate against the uh, the Wi-Fi connection that it's connecting to. Sorry for the redundancy there, and that because of all of the vulnerabilities allows you to retrieve the the set of the Wi-Fi network and the password because the cryptography is predictable and you've my, monitored it for my- the last twenty four hours. My read of
2: this is actually not the bulb per se; it's the system and the application. It's mostly that's the app. Yeah. The app. So what you're doing is is a software element is coming into your network space, pretending to be one of these light bulbs. Your application on your phone, on your iPad, or whatever you've got going, uh, responds to the "I'm a light bulb" thing and and says, "I need setup information." That application happily provides, "Oh, here's all the Wi-Fi information you need to jump onto our network." boom, you've just provided everything that the hacker needs to get onto your Wi-Fi. Maybe at
1: best they'll just steal your bandwidth. Yes, that's sort of (laughs) what I said, but no, they're in the house now. And yeah. yeah. And this is just because you wanted light bulbs that would change color and turn on at a certain time.
2: Pretty
3: colors. I don't want those things. I want my kids to just turn off the lights. Is that so hard to ask for? Why Turn not off just the be able TV to push a button?
2: Watching it. push a button <laughs> you on don't your phone and Texas go ear. all lights off in the house. I think that seems useful.
0: Yep. Did we need more lighting innovation after the clapper? I mean,
2: I don't think so. That was okay, the wait, pinnacle. Wait, 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 wait. Good point.
0: The pinnacle of human achievement. <laughs>
2: Josh box. has got the clap.
1: <laughs> Josh box. has got the clap in his box.
2: He's got a clapper new in box. I'm so jealous. It was bought for me.
0: Rare. Hard to find. <sighs> All right. Let's chew up the next story. In our next security story, Akira ransomware targets Cisco VPNs to breach organizations. Well, that's what they'd be doing. Hmm.
2: Basically, Jeremy, my read of this, and please, you know, chime
1: in with the best. Yeah, no, honestly, is, we abandoned Cisco a while back, and I was really glad that we did, and now I'm <laughs> even more happy.
2: Apparently, if you only have a single uh, non-multi-factor author- uh, authorization inside a Cisco VPN, you're susceptible to this remote execution hack, and you're 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 finished. Basically, you're you're done for. Our next story, staying
0: with bleeping computer here, WinRAR flaw lets hackers run programs when you open the RAR archives. Uh, is this uh, the patch, this, I'm sure? This is
1: also bad if you haven't paid for WinRAR.
0: I was going to say, if you have the free the free version of WinRAR, gonna are you going to get
1: a security patch? Ver- yeah, you're going to need the <laughs> free version, uh, which just came out.
2: Okay. Yes, for God's sakes. Also, WinRAR... Update, update, update. Yeah. Is seven zips seven more to this? Good question. Uh okay. not according to this article. There was no mention of uh seven zip uh it's should a, uh, no, be no totally Windows different. eleven for uh, RAR, seven zip and G Z files, third party server will no longer be required, and it's versionless advanced features are needed. Yeah, I don't really know about
1: about that. Anyway, the point is Microsoft is fighting seven zip, I'll tell you that. It doesn't like me true. deploying it, but
2: this is one of those update your WinRAR software. If, you're, if you happen recently, more yeah. of like a public service announcement on our part. So you're going to get hacked.
1: Otherwise, somebody's going to deliver a uh, payload sooner or later to you. No, the, the lovely quote is, as a target needs to trick a victim into opening an archive. That's not a uh, trick. Here's a WinRAR file. Please here's open. Here's a WinRAR file. Or or here's a GZIP file. Oh, I don't know how to open it. Well, download WinRAR and use that to open it. It, Yeah. It's only a 7.8, but honestly, no. I think that deserves to be significantly higher. Because literally, yeah, you just... If you use WinRAR and you haven't updated, you're kind of screwed. Yeah,
0: update your WinRAR to 7-Zip today. Let's move on to gaming... It's multi-threaded. ...quick hits... Yes. It's the end of the road for the Xbox three sixty game marketplace. It's shutting down. You'll still be able to get your previously purchased digital games for now. But it's shutting down. <laughs> so, you know, load up your Xbox three sixty and with all those digital games, although I I'm feel like most people on Xbox already have an Xbox One <sighs> at this point, at the very least. I'm
2: not I'm not feeling the ten year promise on this one. No. No, I'm not feeling it. Okay. I mean, from this point on, no.
0: Now, this reminds me of when, they mentioned it here in the article, Sony announced similar plans for the PlayStation 3 and PS Vita, but canceled them after the uh, backlash, mostly probably the influencer backlash. But uh, the PSP store is closed forever. But I can still re-download all my stuff on my Vita to this very day, which is, you know, that's the 10-year plan right there.
2: I guess you can't download Wii U stuff anymore either, so, okay. Fine.
0: There's a shocking Hmm. twist. The game industry is basically just like the film industry. Movies are just, they're all remakes. They're all remakes and sequels. Believe it or not, everything's been done before. And Gamescom is all about remakes this year, including Star Wars Dark Forces.
1: Remaster. Star Dark Forces Remaster Wars. It's a
3: 1996 game. That's 1996. Like you've never seen
0: it before.
3: Years ago.
0: (laughs) 4K 120 FPS, Josh. And everything looks a lot smoother. You should be able to do 4K 120 on integrated graphics from a 1996 game like that. Come on. CPU only, no GPU acceleration.
1: Hey, you've got a new CPU benchmark. Yeah. Yeah. The Kex no, they smoothed it out so engine. it's not pixelated anymore. But oh. other than that, it's pretty much the same game. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's the the Kex engine, which you will recall from the Quake Two remake, uh, and the System Shock Enhanced. But uh, there were a couple of others old ones that they brought back. That uh, you know, hey, if you if you're into retro gaming, but you would like it to look a little bit better. It's a subjective like term,
0: better. Different.
1: Oh, well, it's S- certainly different.
0: It, it looks like uh, you know smeary.
2: If you can't uh, stand
0: sharp pixels, you'll love AI upscaled smeary oil painting <laughs> pixels.
2: <laughs> yes. Look at how nice this
1: looks.
0: This looks good. But this is uh, pre-alpha footage.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sure it'll get even better.
1: Yes. And I mean, the it's young people here so are like, why better. in the hell do you even care about this game? This was during the era where we invented the Y-axis. This was one of the so first where better. you actually could aim up and down as opposed to just being on a flat plane. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting, and if you check out Gamescom, there's a couple of other ones that uh, they've sort of remastered to be able to run at uh high frame rates a nice crisp 4k that's as you say a s- bit of a smeared air oil painting but hey it's it's kind of fun
2: hey in the same vein as everything old is new again the community actually remaking half-life 2 with rtx by the way true nope. hey
1: so don't know if it's going to support dls 3.5 though it that doesn't matter
2: Everything is going to be, all the environmental stuff will be re-examinable. It'll be fun. If you like that sort of thing.
0: Speaking of the community and hacking things, vBios modding is back. NVIDIA's signature lock has been broken. There are new tools to reopen the possibility of vBios cross-flashing, voltage modding, and
2: more, writes Mark Tyson at Tom's Hardware two new utilities nvflash uh, flash k and omg vflash which uh, should get uh, everybody back into the nvidia flashing game didn't buy the oc card roll the dice and flash your card <laughs> better yet unlock some
0: shaders man
2: yep. yeah that's never just that's silicon well, that's just you need silicon
0: to, you solder some, some some
3: caps
4: but importantly in this story, now that this has happened, remember never to buy any Nvidia cards off AliExpress or Wish <laughs> or, or possibly eBay. Yeah.
2: Because Maybe you know so. that
4: uh, 3080 Ti you ordered might just turn out to be a 2050. The well, what
1: GPU Z says <laughs> it's a new one? I think I think what you're talking about is hyperbole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is there a 2050? No. 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 I never was. There isn't. No. That there was, was called the
0: 1660. And then they had the 1660 anyway. Ti and the 1660 Super and the 1650 yeah. and the 1650 Super. And
2: it just, it was out mm. of control. Now, there's, they say there's ways to bring back cars that have been bricked as well, but we know that that's sort of iffy, you know, all the same. It always has um, been. As and, is tradition. And some. And sometimes you can get away with the extra shader flash or the OC flash, but (laughs) buyer beware, so to speak, or, you know, user, uh, it's it's all
1: on you. Might work. Well, I did turn my 6950 into a 6970, but it also only lasted about a year.
0: Uh,
2: There's, there might be the rub. Yeah. The cooling solution or however it's been set up. With power deliveries, well, just isn't there, up to the
1: new BIOS. Also, might have been a reason that they cut that uh, part off the chip.
2: Yeah, mm. it, it was not good silicon. The, no. the way the industry
0: has gone, everything overclocks itself within a thermal limit or a mm-hmm. power limit. But mm-hmm. it's all about underclocking now, undervolting, undervolting, not underclocking, undervolting, yeah. and you get better results. Like undervolt your Ryzen nine and uh, see how high. Clock it's amazing.
2: Let the let the yeah. auto clocking mechanism take advantage of the less heat output because it yes. will.
0: Mm-hmm. though you know they are absolutely designed to run a ninety five C. That's, yes, that's that's not to
3: worry
2: at all. Hundred about... no them. All. It's, it's just it a coincidence
0: that no. <laughs> increases performance.
2: That uh, doesn't shorten the lifespan of anything. Delitting? No, running them at no, ninety five degrees.
0: Nine. Oh well, yeah, but then you know you're beyond a M six. There are shadows of change coming to total war warhammer 3 writes Jeremy Hellstrom
1: True
3: Is is this a scorpion yeah. song for the 2020s
1: uh, uh it's it's close uh but they got the lyrics wrong Oh you know it's it's the, 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 they're playing air guitar and they just don't really know the lyrics, uh, but they're making them up no, it's uh, a new know, DLC. Klaus
4: Miney's getting up there in years, so uh, he probably forgot the
3: lyrics.
1: Yeah. It happens. You know.
3: I, I think oh, it, it, it was, was actually that, the so. air headbanging to Winds of Change, as I said then. So,
1: oh, are we doing Scorpions?
2: I, can, I was just trying to follow under here. Yeah.
1: Josh is. Okay, cool. All right. No, it's a yet another uh, DLC for uh, Warhammer 3, where uh, they're, they're sort of uh, giving you new remixes of some existing uh, races. And they're dumping you in interesting places. Like, you wouldn't expect to find Kislev uh, in the middle of the jungles of the New World, because they should be hanging out in the snow with their bears. But Mother Ostanka uh, is. Uh, She's out shopping for new ingredients for curses and blessings. Uh, There's a new cinch hero uh, that is like literally invisible unless you're raiding or doing anything that spawns in the middle of the empire to make things really, really interesting if you want to play there. And there's a new uh, and can literally turn into any hero from any other race once you've played long enough and done certain quests. So you're in the middle of a battle and the the spells aren't doing so well, but what would be really handy is a giant ogre that can eat people and has a mass rating off the scale. Well, you can just sort of change into him and have the same benefits of them as the same level you are. So you lose your spells, but you gain the ability to stomp people into paste. And because, you know, Cathay needs some little uh, help, They've uh, added a new character for Cathay who has different control over the Celestial Compass, which is one of the key uh, mechanics to play that sort of race. So they're, they keep expanding this game. Creative Assembly does a decent job on DLCs. Uh, I'm not going to say this is one of my favorite ones, but it was fun. Uh, it'll be out next week. And the, the problem is that the price has gone up. And if you if you look in the review, there is a link to their, their statement about it, which is basically saying, "Look, everything's more expensive now. Uh, we don't want to increase the price on this." And as a don't pre-order, but as a you know little gift, we're, we're going to give you ten percent off if you pre-order. Don't pre-order anything ever, friends. Don't let friends pre-order. It, yeah, it's, you know, they, they tossed me the key. I wanted to take a look at it because it's one of my favorite games. I love the Total War series and I love Warhammer. So you put the two of them together and you make it so that I've now bought three games, but they're just one gigantic game now. You know, it's fairly impressive. That's the kind of DLC I like to see. When you're, oh no, it's this DLC you have to pay an arm and a leg for and you get a new gun, three new hats, and a jock strap. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not into it. These guys do a decent job on it. So if you like the Warhammers, you like the Total Wars, eh, it's worth a shot. I liked it.
0: Let's move on to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started.
3: Okay. Okay. So, a friend of mine just bought this LG 48GQ900-B 48-inch UltraGear UHD OLED gaming monitor with anti-glare, HDR10, DCI P3 99%, 120Hz refresh rate, HDMI 2.1. There you go, for under 900 bucks. That's 48. That's a lot of
2: gaming monitor. 48 yeah. inches. Yeah, I I can't imagine sitting like 3 feet away from this no. and trying to game on it. That's around four. You feet get a sunburn. So, yeah. You get what? You get what? Sunburn. Oh, Suns yeah. Sunburn. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no. It's uh that's that's a super low price on something a 48-inch oled tv but it's actually kind of pushing towards monitor yeah that's nuts it's uh, i'd like one but i can't have one
0: because i have debt mm. <laughs> we all do i mean come on yeah. throw on some plastic this is america i had people
2: <laughs> using my debt last week yeah
0: exactly This is someone else's (laughs) Jeremy, your pick.
1: So I didn't realize this is not well known, but, uh, from the reaction on uh, Twitter lately, this is apparently something that a lot of people don't know. So this is a pick if you bring up task manager and you sort it by memory usage or CPU usage, or, you know, trying to figure out what is the app or service that's driving you insane. If you hold down the control key, it pauses task manager it doesn't keep jumping around. It will hold all of the apps or services you're looking at at a time where they are so you can actually monitor them. I've been doing this for forever, but apparently this is not something that's particularly well known. So I thought that I would mention it just in case anyone didn't know this as well. So yeah, you just bring up your task manager, sort it by whatever you're looking for, hold down control when you've found the service or app that you're looking for and it will stay there but the values keep updating it just doesn't bounce around up and down uh, so the list. It stops It stops sorting is what you're saying. Yeah, it stops sorting it, 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 it'll yeah. it give you a live update but it stops sorting it live Let's so go to this laptop's
0: task manager live right now on the air. Nice If I hold down control
1: well, it's as, as, it if really wasn't, first. as if it, it really froze it, it, it really wasn't, wasn't moving It wasn't really moving that much Mm-hmm. But look, see how these percentages... See, chrome. Chrome, you can see, is bouncing around. But it's not jumping up and down.
0: On yeah, I, I've it. definitely had that where I'm trying to chase down a process to close it and it moves around on me.
3: You don't like yes. the jumping up and down like in, in Super Troopers? Stop jumping on the jump bed. Jump up. Jump up. Hmm. Jump up. Jump
1: up.
0: Anyway. I had a different song <laughs> in
1: my head, sorry.
0: It's a, it's a must-have control. I know it works as far back as XP, so if you're still on XP, you can still do it. Control. You can
1: still do it. Yeah, no, I, I thought everyone knew this, but it's one of those things no, that you assume everyone knows. Seasons. I actually
4: I actually did not know that.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's Communication
2: awesome. is key. New tool. New tool in the arsenal. So, did, Brett, did you yes. me a new tool? Yes, <laughs> I did. Fresh new oh, tool. Oh, okay. <clears throat> My pick this week was inspired by the monitor talk that um, Sebastian had started to put in the other news portions of all the great new OLED monitors that were coming out and fantastic refresh rates and great coloring. And I went in a totally opposite direction. I was just inspired by the talk of monitors. And I found some really, really inexpensive gaming monitors because not everybody is on a big, big, huge budget like Sebastian is. Some <sighs> people act... <laughs> Some people actually don't have that amount of money to spend and need to watch where they're spending their money. But why not still get a good gaming monitor at 1080p or even a curved gaming monitor for not a lot of money? So I found these by a company called Corey, K O -O Corey Corey. Is that how you pronounce it? K O O R U I. I went went with Corey on this. Corey. This is. uh, yeah, I went with that. So this is there's a 24 inch VA, a 24 inch IPS, and a, a 2K 27 inch curved monitor, and they range in prices from a low of about 106 dollars to 170 dollars. Now I admit, the you can get them Walmart's isn't going to be outstanding, but it's going to get you in the game at 144 to 165 hertz refresh, either 24 inch IPS or 24 inch VA panel. Very, very modestly priced, one hundred and sixteen to one hundred and six dollars. If you're on a budget, you're trying to build a but that that elusive, very elusive nowadays budget PC, and every dollar you need has got to got to go into your GPU. You still need a way to display it, and you want to be able to push frames. So, one hundred and twenty hertz probably isn't going to feed your your gaming appetite anymore. You want to be at least one hundred and forty four, or even maybe one hundred and sixty five. This is going to get you there for not a lot of dollars.
0: I think we're. Just the very beginning of the commodity 2560 yeah. by 1440 panels getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. There have is
2: a 20. That is, that is a 2560 by 1440 yeah. 27 curved on have, that. Have
0: right? you looked recently at just TVs in general? TVs are back to where they were when CRTs were on their way out, where you could go to the store and buy a TV for $69. And now they've got cheap LCD TVs for around that. A lot of stuff under $100. It makes sense that we're seeing some computer monitors. Selling for well under 200 with a decent resolution, yeah, too. These is, are obviously higher resolution than...
2: Yep. There's an IPS panel in there for $116 that'll run either 144 or 165 hertz, which is not bad. With a 1MS... uh the smaller one, uh, the
0: 24-inch, that is
2: just HD, right? Yeah, it's full HD. Yep. Okay. 1080. 1080, 165. Okay. Yeah. For 106 bucks. Awesome. All right. and they'll um,
4: probably use the panels that uh, many of the name brands that are much more expensive use.
2: It's possible these are seconds. Probably, it's, it's, I mean, but
0: yeah, they they need to get rid of these panels. And 4K yes. is the new hotness, obviously. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's been around for years. You know what I'm saying? I thought 16K 4K K is, was the new hotness. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> like in the gaming monitor space, that's where the biggest growth is going to be, because you know, biggest growth has been adoption of 1440 from 1080 and I'm sure the next generation is all the adoption of 4k as a computer monitor finally or the new hey what ultra wide 4k what is the one that's 4k t- tall but ultra wide it's like 5k it's like 5k wide but 1440 tall like 5120 by
2: 1440 I just like I just saw one of those a little while ago. But anyway, the, the the point here is is that, you know, you want to bootstrap the next generation into the 600 to 700 dollars gaming PC or as little as possible. You got to give them an avenue to do it. So,
1: yep. All
2: right,
0: let's move to my pick of the week. My pick of the week is this Neewer tabletop camera mount stand with a flexible arm. Now, if you want to do some overhead style camera work on the desk in front of you, you need some kind of a boom. Here we have a lady doing that right here. And this thing accommodates either a light or a camera on top. And then anything else. I mean, it's just standard, you know, threaded mounts. So you can put whatever you want on these things. But the arm, surprisingly strong. I bought one of these things because I'm going to start doing some, you know, quick desktop, you know, reviews. Like throw something on the desk have two cameras recording, get two different angles, throw edit it together somehow. This is exactly what I wanted, and it. it's forty-four dollars before a ten percent coupon on Amazon. So it ended up being, you know, thirty-nine something before tax. So it, it does see. seem to be pretty well made. It's not ultra fancy. You're not going to get like quick release clamps and stuff. There's a lot of threading involved here, but it's lightweight aluminum tubes. There's no counterweight on the adjustable arm. I was a little worried about that, but the clamp mechanism mm-hmm. seems pretty strong. So we'll see. We're what talking what about
3: percentage it. do you go to? Do you start at like three and a half and go up to eight and three quarters? The adjustable arm...
1: I, you know, I'm using it right now. I'm trying now. to fit an PO the joke though. in here, but I can't quite do it. I can't
0: reach it. The arm. I don't I'm not using the arm right now. Right now in front of the me arm. is the camera on this, this rod. It's a monopod, but it's it's a desk clamp. It's like a microphone boom like this thing, but it's for your camera. And it's convenient, except it doesn't move around like this. I could actually put a camera on this, I bet.
2: I wonder yeah, how that would work. Good. These Sony cameras should, are like um, two pounds. You should start broadcasting from a different place in your house, like every week. Yeah, I used to. I used to do uh, this week in computer hardware from the living
0: room right here sometimes, and then uh, also the the bedroom. I was going to use the bedroom, and then I'm like, no, the router is out it's here, nice, and I just want a wired connection. I brought up this huge honking full tower streaming PC, and then earlier today I was doing some video capture because I was finishing up a review on the Frag Box. And it was just pathetic because I set this little frag box on top. And I saw this the is, picture. This is more posted. powerful than the streaming PC by a pretty wide margin. And I'm lugging this huge full tower up my basement stairs. It's like, I this is the perfect use case for the frag box. Bring it back just for streaming rigs because it that's another great thing about it being a micro ATX. This is what my review is going to be all about. Okay. Uh, Kent, your pick.
4: Yeah, so I know that longtime friend of the show, Alan Malventano, has been sitting in his big office at Solidime, and he's been upset that Solidime's not been a pick of the week for at least three weeks now. And so I'm sure he's gotten on all the guys in accounting and told them, you know, we need to be pick of the week again. And so Solidime is now selling their P44 Pro, two terabyte model, for 109.95.
0: Well, they were.
2: You're kidding! Oh, it's not 109.95 <sighs> anymore.
0: It's gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe Newegg has it. Damn it, Alan! You've let me down. No, they the marketing did their job. They sold them all. Let's see. Solid
2: dime. Got you to advertise it, Kent. Terabyte. (laughs) Yes. Look at that. There it is. There we go. Yeah, 109. 109.
0: 109.
3: 109. 109.99. Save $60. Yeah, I could say $24
0: off with a combo purchase. Limited offer. What's the combo? Can I buy three of them? Look, I can buy three of them for just $305.97. That's a savings
3: that's of a dollar. One hundred and nine
2: for a two terabyte. One, $1. dollar and
3: seventy-five cents for almost one hundred three. One
0: hundred
3: two. One hundred two. <clears throat> Sorry,
0: you owe it to your family to buy this three pack because share yeah. share the the wealth of this two terabyte and the solid P forty four Pro. That's based on the same hardware platform as that P forty one Platinum SK Hynix drive. Mm-hmm. With tweaked firmware, plus they have that. Cool software. Do, do you get to
2: run the cool software? The special driver with this one. That's yeah, really they have their own driver. Yeah. Of this.
0: Yes, yeah. I liked it Optimizer. whenever, I, thing had its own custom driver. Forget about this generic mm. Windows nonsense.
2: I want the complexity VF4 VF4. of
0: the third-party driver installation.
2: Managing your own drivers again. Yeah,
0: and then <laughs> saying like, yeah, I get four percent better performance because I you run the custom driver. Oh, you run store, then VME. Oh, okay. Hey, who came up with the name In of the- Solidime? Says Venito. I think it's solid state paradigm. They mixed Ooh, it together. The, the new nice. solid state paradigm.
2: We should ask Alan. He he the, might not. The
4: correct answer to that question is Alan. Alan
0: Alan didn't the make the name. I'm sure it was. Uh, <laughs> Don't destroy my
2: illusions. Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, the throwback to Grabthar's hammer. Nicely done. Oh. What a of savings. <laughs> All
0: right, we're officially in uh, outro mode now, oh, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, you, watching, and you and you and we couldn't do it without all of you. Ten of ten, well, we could, years. but we wouldn't want to. We don't. I don't want to you sit did. here in my living room, mm-hmm. uh, and just and talk at the camera and know that no one's listening because that would be sad.
2: Mm. It would be sad
0: because you other yeah, things okay. like if i knew nobody was watching i could just you know lay down and rest or go through my physical media collection and find a movie to watch mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. things like that all the things i'd rather be doing than podcasting right now so please everybody
2: needs a, uh, in a retro
0: retro hobby